Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to the Garibaldi Red podcast from Nottinghamshire Live, where we are streaming live on Facebook with a sort of impromptu episode, um, just to plug a couple of things. And we're very grateful to be joined by uh, Red's legend in Steve Chettle. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Matt. I'm very well, thank you. How are you all? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, we've just got you on for a few things. Um, fans don't get to watch football very often these days, unfortunately, but um, you're the base for United manager and your team... Uh, are going to be playing in front of fans soon and obviously it's relevant to this podcast. Um, why don't you just tell people uh, what's coming up at the weekend to start with? Uh, well, this weekend we've got an in-house match. It's from next Tuesday where uh, Nottingham Forest are very uh, gratefully going to send over an under-23s team with Gary Brazil. I've had communication with and Obviously, we played them last year in the County Cup, which was a big success for the football club. Um, look forward to seeing Chris, Andy and the rest of the boys come down here next Tuesday on the 8th of September. How many people can watch? Is it 600? And after you've sold a lot of tickets, but it's going to be a sellout. Yeah, we've had a couple of test games. Uh, we were at 150 for our first game. Uh, we had 300 this week, last weekend against Alfreton. And now we can go up to 600 against Forest next Tuesday. So it'd be a good experience. It'd be nice to get a, you know, a lot of people back in the ground. It's, it's been a, you know, a bit slow, people coming in. The weather was horrendous for a first game, but Alfreton was good on Saturday. But we had a 300 sellout of our capacity, obviously. What's it been like as um, a manager um, in the kind of coronavirus times? Has it been a different job or not? Has it been largely the same just now you've come back from lockdown? It's probably stayed the same. We did some business at the end of last season uh, before transfer deadline day, which was obviously the week before the pandemic started and everyone was locked down. So we signed two players at the end of uh, March and they didn't play until pre-season this year. So it's been strange for them. Uh, we did some business during the lockdown at distance. You know, we met people across an, an empty room, which was weird. We couldn't do any uh, photographs or handshaking. And it was just it was just strange times. And when we came back to pre-season, we were working in groups of six and eight, which was you know not ideal, but you know it was, it was the way we were living at the time. But since then, we've moved on and we've got back to working in big groups. And now our pre-season started earnest and we've got to start date for our season. Um, why don't you give people a free plug for your season? Can you tell people when it starts and what your aims are this season? Have they changed at all? Uh, well, our aims are like last season, we were sat in the playoffs when everything came to a halt. Uh, we start our season on September the 19th, at home to Warrington Town, another club that was up there chasing promotion last year. And it's, you know, it's going to be a big ask again, but we'll, uh, we'll do as well as we can. Just in terms of Forest, then, as a, a red legend, um, they sold Tyler Walker last week and you've worked with Tyler. You've known him for quite a while. He's gone to Coventry City. Were you sad when he went or do you see it as a great opportunity for a player, for the player? Well, it's always sad when someone's been there from being a kid from the academy and working right way through the system into the first team. But I think it's progression for Tyler. Obviously, he's been out on loan at numerous clubs. He's done really well and scored goals. And when he's come back, he's scored goals in 
cameo appearances more than anything else, but hopefully can get his teeth into Coventry City and have a, a long and you know an established career scoring goals for them now. Do you think it's a success from a player development point of view for Forrest that they've got him uh, into senior football, playing in the Championship again, or is there kind of an element of failure that they couldn't bring him through when he was so close for so long into their first team as a kind of a mainstay of the team? I think success is getting people into your first team for year and year, year in year out. Uh, you know, and, and his chances were limited with the people that were playing. Obviously, Lewis is scoring all the goals last year as well, and Tyler needs to go out and play football consistently. You know, and it, it happens to everybody, whether you're young, middle-aged, or like myself when I was at the end of my career. Sometimes you have to move on, which is best for yourself. What's his potential, do you think? Because um, he seems to have all the attributes. Do you think he just needs a run of games and he could become you know, a, a good championship player, a Premier League player? What, what's the ceiling for a young player like him? Well, his, his chance in the first place is to play regularly. That's what he needs to be doing. He needs to be scoring goals. And you know, you never know. You might take a, well, what people might see as a backward step, going to another club which is you know, a lesser status potentially than Forrest. Uh, but he's got potential to do really well and move on again, or he moves on with the club where he's at, which you know, which which is a possibility. You've um, followed Forrest closely throughout your career. Obviously, you left, and you're being as gutted as anyone about with the end of last season. As um, a manager now and as a former player, how do you think the club will respond to that? Oh, they've made signings. They've made good signings. Uh, obviously, it's it's added strength and depth to the squad and to the team. Uh, they've added new players on the backroom staff as well. So even though it did come to uh, a terrible end, really, I can't say anything you know, more than that came to a terrible end, they've got to push on and hopefully be better this season than when they finished last season. What's the biggest test for them, do you think, Steve? Is it a mental thing now, just getting getting going again and a good start to the season? Well, you'd like to think that you know it, it's their job, and they they know the role within the, within the team and within the club, and they've just got to start all over again. You know, you you've got to put it to the back of your mind as much as you can, and they've got to start well. I think a great start would uh, relieve some of the pain from the end of last season. Obviously, trying to get some fans back in the stadium and make it, you know, a tough place to go to a Forest, but and keep winning away from home. How pleased were you they stuck with Lamucci as a manager who knows the pressure of that job. You must be happy to see them give him another chance to bounce back. Yeah, well, his, his remit was to get in the playoffs, and you know they missed out by you know a hair really. Uh, but I think, like I said, consistency within backroom team as well is going to be vastly important. And you know, I'm glad that they've seen that and done that. What about the signings they made? You've touched on them. They've signed some um, you know, experienced championship players and then um, Bashiru, who's come from Sweden, but sounds like a good player. Are you impressed with the business they've done? Yeah, I am. You know, They've signed some players that they say are established. You know, Jack Colback and Luke Freeman, you know, they signed those players. Uh, you've obviously got the guy who just came across from Sweden as well. So you know they've got some experience in there as well, as long as as well as the youth that Forest already got in their team already. Um, let's put a question to you from the viewers and do drop some more in for Steve um, Marco Mark Lapino. Sorry if I've read that wrong. Asks, what's your best memory as a Forest player? Debut when I was a kid, really. I uh, made me my full debut day before I was 19. And obviously, been to watch Forest from being a young boy with my dad and seeing them through the successes of you know winning European Cups and League Cups. And just to be part of the club and making my debut was, uh, was, you know, was, was a fantastic thing. 
Um, Christoph Hibbert says his best memory of you is that goal at Bayern Munich, um, which is weirdly one of your what you're best known for in a sense for an individual moment. I suppose that must stick with you forever and constantly get brought up when people meet you. Yeah, I, listen, I don't mind talking about it. it it's not one of the <laughs> renowned for obviously scoring goals, but it was a it was a highlight of my career and it was a high profile game. Uh, and like I say, we, at the time we thought we were right in the tie, we were getting that away goal, but <laughs> the home leg was completely different. But yeah, he's something I'll always remember. And obviously there's photographic evidence of it out there everywhere as well. Um, oh, Craig Stringfellow says he's met you a few times and you're an absolute gentleman, which I'm sure is always nice to hear. Um, what was the best forest side you played in then? Because you were there for quite a while. Which, which one was the 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 best kind of incarnation of Forest teams that you played in? Uh, well, there was kind of two eras of the teams I played in. When I first came into the team in the late 80s, you know, we were getting to the League, uh, league Cup finals, you know, won League Cups, got to FA Cup semi-finals, got to an FA Cup final. Uh, that was a great team when I first started out with Stuart and Des playing alongside those. But then obviously we had a, a reincarnation when Frank came in as well uh, from getting promotion and finishing third in the Premier League and getting into the UEFA Cup and uh, playing alongside Colin and playing with people like Stan Collymore and Brian Roy was, you know, it was a great team to be in as well. So there's probably two kind of areas where I really thought we had some fantastic footballers and great teams. Do you keep in touch with many of those players or is football kind of a, uh, a nomadic business where people move on quite a lot? People do move on. Uh, I speak to probably three or four people from, from both areas really. Uh, I speak to Norm regularly. Uh, see Ian Wone. I speak to Colin Cooper. Uh, you know, on, on uh, for various reasons. Normally birthdays and things like that, and we get together occasionally. But no, like you say, you deal with a lot of people in your footballing career, and people move on, uh, move to different parts of the country and even the world. So I just keep in touch with a handful, which is the ones that are, you know I speak to regularly. Craig Stringfellow asks, and like I said, I know what you're going to say to this, but I'll ask you: Why did you never get an England chance? Because there were better players than me, Matt. Uh, I got. Uh, I was very lucky to get 12 England under-21 caps, but at the time, uh, there were better players than myself. And I look back at it, and I'm very proud of what I achieved with the 21s. And not, there's, you know, there's better players than myself who have not had England caps either, Matt. So it's not something that I dwell too much on. Do you miss playing? I've asked. I'm not sure I've asked you that before. Do you miss your playing days, or are you just happy doing what you're doing now as a manager? I don't miss playing at all. I don't miss the uh, the Saturday afternoon matches. I miss being super fit and being around a bunch of players that you have great camaraderie with and work with every day. But we still have that now. You know, even though you're on the, you know, we've gone to the dark side and the other side of the fence in management, you still have that camaraderie with the people that you work with every day. And I have that here with the academy boys that we work with every day. And obviously when we do the evenings with the first team on Saturday. So still have that buzz of uh, being around football, but don't miss playing at all now. Do you mind the pressure of management at all? I mean, you're at a good club now, but um, it can be a tough, lonely role, can't it? Yeah, you have to surround yourself with people that you trust and you can talk to. Uh, but, you know, we have pressure, whatever level you do, you know, whatever line of work that you're in, you have pressure to perform and football is no different. You know, we have standards that we set and we have things that we have to try and fulfil, but I can't imagine what it's like for people like Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola, the pressures that they're having to deal with day in, day out. It must be it must be extreme, but they get paid the big bucks for that, I suppose, Matt. got a base for United question here, which I'll put to you. Um, this is a Forest podcast. Are you gutted to have lost Nat Watson? 
Oh, Nat did really well for us. Uh, but, you know, I spoke to Nat at the end of the season and Nat didn't want to stay anyway. So Nat wanted to move on, uh, you know, and like I said before, with the Tyler Walk situation, people move on for their own personal reasons uh, and, uh, you know, I hope him, wish him the best when he's gone to Wilkeston. Um, back to the business of the day then and Nottingham Forest. Tony World asked, do you think Fabry will change the team formation? Did you see much of Forest last year in terms of, to judge the style of play? Oh, I only saw them on the TV. Uh, I thought they were obviously very counter-attack against the top teams. Even at home, I thought they were very counter-attack. But, you know, it's you don't know. You've signed new players. You do your work through pre-season. You know, and only Sabri will know what he's going to plan for the start of the season for when they get going. Is it hard to be flexible as a manager? I suppose, I know, I guess you have the way you want your team to play. Is it hard to sometimes admit, maybe this isn't working, I need to try something different or not? No, sometimes it's the best thing to do is admit you've got something wrong and try something different. You know, you're dictated to by form, uh, fitness, you know, the players that you have. Hopefully, you'll have a, a fit squad to choose from from pre-season. And if it does change the shape, getting the best players in the right positions is uh, paramount, really, for them. Uh, who do you lean on as a manager, then? Um, do you have to just trust your assistant and do you bounce ideas around with coaches? How, how small is that circle when you're a manager? Uh, well, we have uh, myself, Michael Leslie, Rob Duffy, uh, Graham Roger in the first team coaching staff. We have two under 21 staff in Wayne Scott and Josh Law. And we all work together on Tuesday and Thursdays and we bounce ideas around, even from sessions, uh, formations and personnel, especially through pre-season. You know, everybody's had minutes in different positions just to try and make sure that we're right when we do start on the 19th. And will that be the same at every club across the land, do you think? Managers have their, their trusted circle who, who they'll um, liaise with and come to it. But he, ultimately, it's the manager who makes the decision. Is, it, is that the same everywhere? I don't know. I, I guess so. Some people uh, obviously employ people to work alongside them for that specific reason that you have something to bounce things, you know, bounce things off. It's a very lonely place in the dugout if you stood by yourself because you're only ever fighting yourself. And the decisions you make, you know, you have to stand by them yourself. But... Having somebody to bounce ideas off is vastly important for me. Um, just going back to when you were a player in that sense, when you were a senior player then at Forest, did the managers, um, were they open to your opinions or, or was it just the manager's way or the highway, and the ones you played under? Uh, it, uh, that's why I left. It was a highway more than anything else. <laughs> myself. When I went across to Barnsley, when I went with Dave Bassett across there, you know, I was 31 at the time when I left and Dave did ask my opinion on some things. He even gave me a choice of how I wanted to do my own pre-season, which was very nice of him. Uh, but no, to start with, obviously, Mr. Clough had his own ways and I don't think there was too much back and forth regarding conversation with players and what they're wanting. And obviously when Frank came in, it was a, it was a new era and Frank got things out pretty quickly on what he wanted and it worked well for him as well. Um, we've still got a bit of time left if people want to put a few more questions to Steve and I'll um, pass them along to him. So when you played for Brian then, Steve, um, did he have, because obviously Peter Taylor wasn't around when you were were there, it, he must have had people who he worked closely with. Was it Liam O'Kane and people like that? Who, who yeah, were well, the Ron Fenton was in his management team, Alan Hill, uh, Liam O'Kane, Archie Gemmell, they were all there. And obviously, you know, that's his staff and that's his backroom staff. And, and I couldn't even comment on what they spoke about, you know, behind closed doors or in their offices. Uh, but they were, that was his staff. And obviously, Brian uh, was limited time on the training field, shall we say. And Ron was down there and Liam and Archie took most of the session. So that's where we got most of our work in through the coaches. 
Did he make you run through the nettles? I've heard this story from Gary Bertels with the nettles to the right then. Yeah, the the back wall where the, the, the brick wall where the, the goal was painted on behind was all the grass cuttings and the nettles. Used to run through those, used to be the last man in a five aside goal. It it was a strange time, but it, it worked. <laughs> when that's happening, do you think, you know, what the hell's going on? Or do you just buy into it? Did it did, no, did, you, it just do as you told, Matt, funnily enough. Uh, and it, it, it was strange. It, don't get me wrong, it was strange. And, you know, I, I can't see uh, Mr. Messi or Mr. Ronaldo wanting to run through the nettles or jump in a five-a-side goal because the manager tells him to. I think they were looking at him in a very, very strange way. If Brian Clough was your manager now, or any manager now, would he still make players run through the nettles or would he adapt, do you think? Did he have that about him? I think he would adapt, but I still think those old values of uh, running through nettles don't do me any harm, to be fair. I don't mind a nettle. <laughs> you don't make your players run through nettles, do you? No, we've not got any. It's well maintained around at Basewood. <laughs> yes, true, true. Um, right, last few minutes, uh, if anyone wants to put any questions to Steve. Um where do you think Forest will finish this season, Steve? Obviously, it's a long, well, it's a short season and a lot of games. How do you see it going? Uh, I think it would be another successful year if they get to the playoffs. Uh, I don't think their uh, principles will change that they need to get to the playoffs. It'll be a tough ask to get automatic promotion, but playoffs will be a success in, I think, in most people's eyes. Do you think it's a stronger or a coach crawling behind the camera now? Hang on. Do you think it's a stronger or a weaker championship this season when you think that it's uh, Watford, Norwich and uh, Bournemouth that have come down? I just I don't think it changes year in, year out. You know, the ones who come down obviously hold all the aces. You know, they've got the money. Uh, they've got the experience of being in the Premiership as long as they can hold on to their best players. So it's going to be a big ask for a team that hasn't been in the Premier League for so long. It's been such a long time. I think it's 20-odd years since Forest were anything around the uh, Premier League. So it's going to be really tough for them. Do you think there was, the squad looked stronger this season going into when you think of the additions and the fact that at Touchwood, Matty Cash is still there and Joe Wall and people like that? Yeah, I think it is. I think they've signed, like I say, some really experienced players who have experience of playing in the high level and playing the Championship for a long time. And obviously, you've got an external from uh, from Europe. So as long as you can keep hold of your nucleus of the team that did well last year and add to it, you know, they've got a chance of success. Um, last question as it stands from um, listeners. Uh, Jonathan Shanahan asks, this is a good question, did you see the potential in the young Roy Keane and were you surprised he became a world-class player? Uh, no, I wasn't surprised at all when he came over when 17 and with a pair of boots and a carrier bag and made his debut at Liverpool. Sorry, it was fantastic. Uh, and I think from playing in any position where he was playing at Forest, he played centre-back, he played centre-midfield, right-wing. Uh, you could see, you know, he was a superstar in the making and his career at United uh, and now even his punditry uh, is spot on. You know, he's he's very controversial. He's very controversial when he played also. Uh, but uh, no, he, I always saw potential him and, and I think he's done fantastic for himself. Were you, uh, was he the same person when he signed, I should say? Did he have like sort of chip on his shoulder and swagger about him even as a kid? Oh, it was, it was confident, shall we say. He came from a, you know, obviously an Irish background that were, were heavily into the boxing and he was confident in his own ability. Uh, but I don't think anybody could have imagined within the first month of being there that you know, what he'd go on to achieve. Uh, but no, he was, he was always very confident. He always had something to say for himself uh, and he wasn't shy coming forwards. 
did he fit well into that dressing room? Who has a few bigger characters there, like Pierce, obviously, and guys like that. Was did he fit in well? He fit right in. Like I say, he, he didn't uh, hold any punches. He he just said what he wanted to say. He still says what he wants to say, and I think that's you know, it was a great part of his character. Excellent. Just remind people when the, the Forest v Baseford game is. It Tuesday night, isn't it? Yeah, it's Tuesday night uh, down at Greenwich Avenue on the 8th September uh, before our league campaign starts on September the 19th. I'm to Warrington Town. And if there are any tickets left, there probably won't be, but if there are, I think you can get them through the Basewood website. So, you go um, to the Basewood website. I think they're holding some back, uh, but I don't know how many. Like I say, it's been very popular and lots of tickets were sold very quickly, but we have got a limit of 600 maximum. Well, we do thank uh, everyone for logging on for this kind of abbreviated um, Southern podcast and uh, pointing your questions to Steve. And of course, Steve, we thank you very much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed that. Thank you, Matt. No problem at all. Pleasure. There is um, a longer episode with Steve where he discusses his whole career on our feed um, for, I think it's episode two. I think this is like episode 28 or something. So uh, if people want to go back and watch that whole 45-minute uh, episode, just search uh, Garibaldi Red on YouTube and podcast providers. And, of course, do give us a good rating because that really helps. So um, thank you very much to everyone and thanks very much to Steve. And we will catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.